Ooh. <laughs> What's up, good people? It's time for another session of that verbal cardio, man. We back again, man. You know how we do it, man. Every week, verbal cardio, we here. Um, shout out to my co-host, Water. Most vital co-host of all time. You already know what it is. And I hope you're drinking water when you listen. When you listen to this or you're watching it, whatever you do, I hope you got some water with you. And I hope I can inspire y'all to drink more water and have more water intake in your life. Look at this. Look at where we at. I started this today. About I opened this about 10.40 a.m. today. It is now 1.15 p.m. And I'm already right here with this gallon. This is going to be done. This is going to be done. Gallon a day. Gallon a day, man. Get that water in your life, man. Um, I took the Band-Aid off. The bandage is gone. You know, you can see the little the little scar here. So what it was was uh, I thought it was a cyst right here. It was growing. It was getting bigger over time. And I don't, I don't remember when I first noticed it, but it had been a while since it was there. And so I was like, man, get this up out of here, Shorty, man. I don't want it here. And so initially they were like, I told my doctor, I was like, yo, I want to get this cyst removed. And they was like, well, that's that's going to be like a, a a cosmetic type of surgery or like, you know, so it might not be covered under your insurance. So you're coming in with some, you know, cosmetic surgery. I'm just like, nah, it ain't, it ain't really cosmetic. You know what I'm saying? Because once, once you tell them it doesn't hurt, there's no pain or whatever, they'd be like, hey, man, plastic surgery or cosmetic, whatever whatever they want to call it that's not included in your insurance. First of all, health insurance got too many goddamn loopholes. Health insurance got too many loopholes. It's too many too many of these medical facilities that don't take your insurance, so now you hopscotching it up and you think you covered when you're not. Or they refer you to a place and they just be like, yeah, they take your insurance, and then they act like they take your insurance, and then they don't, and then they hit you with the bill on the back end. Or, you know, they'll refer you to a place, and then you get to the place, you done made the appointment, you done made the appointment weeks out, you show up to the place, and then they're like, oh, we don't take that insurance. I done, I done mapped out my whole calendar, my day. I done scrambled down here to the facility. And then y'all tell me you don't take this insurance. And then depending on what insurance you got, everybody turning you down. We don't accept that insurance over here. It's just too much going on with health insurance, man. It's annoying. Because I got, I got Oscar insurance right now. So it's like, yo. If you're my primary doctor, you know what kind of insurance I have. Don't be referring me to people that don't take my insurance. At least know who's in your network. Then you got to find out which network you're in. It's just a lot of bullshit, man. But the difference in pay, though, that difference is just astronomical. You know what I'm saying? To pay $30 as opposed to $375 just to get looked at, just to get your balls held for five seconds. $479. Just to get my balls cupped? I can have my girl cup my balls free of charge. $932 to get my balls cupped. Grabbed up. Just for you to grab my wrist? Come on, man. Y'all just making up the prices. You're making up the prices. 
in the health game. Making them up. So when I went, so I called to make my appointment with the plastic surgeon to get the cyst taken out, which I thought was a cyst at the time. Luckily, the lady on the phone was like, you might want to go through a dermatologist first before you come here because, you know, <clears throat> this this procedure won't be covered under insurance. So I was like, okay, uh, all right, well, let, let me do that. So I went to... I went to the dermatologist, made the appointment, and you know, I tried to pump up the pain. I tried to I tried to amp it up. I was like, you know, it kind of hurts a little bit, you know, just to just to make them aware that hey, it's not just a cosmetic thing, or it's not just, you know, based on pure visuals. It's like, hey man, it's kind of it's kind of sore to the touch. Just to get it on that health side, so I don't have to just get bent over and given the pumps by the plastic surgeon on the price. No pause, press play on that. So they were like, okay, you can get it removed. Uh, they referred me to a place. So I went in there and they told me it was going to be like 500 something dollars, which uh, they still haven't sent me the bill because I couldn't pay the day of. So I'm going to get that bill later. 500 something dollars, which I can, I can absorb that. And so um, I went in last Monday and I did I did the, the the shows the following day. So I went, they took it out. Um, they said it looked like a lipoma. And so I was like, all right, a lipoma, okay. I don't know what that is, but I panicked. I was like, is that cancerous? And then they took it out. They did the biopsy on it. I went in uh yesterday. They took the stitches out. And they already did the biopsy. Everything's normal, everything's negative. We all good. It was just a lipoma like they thought. So we good in the hood. So now I just got the scar. I just got to keep putting a scar gel on it, uh, keep it out the sunlight, and then we go from there. So now I just got this cool scar. Let me ask y'all this. Would y'all rather have a scar or a growth, a visible growth underneath the skin? What would y'all rather have? What would you rather have? Would you rather have a scar or a visible lump? I'm going with the scar. Scars to me are cool as shit. I like scars. I I think scars, you know, it's a good conversation starter. If you want to have that convo, it's just mysterious. It's just kind of dope. It's just like, man, what happened there? So now you're thinking like, man. You know what happened? Was it a fight? Did you get your face slashed in the dice game? You know what I'm saying? Did you get shot at? Was you running from alligators and you fell in the alligator's mouth and then you freed your own face? So now you got the scars. You know what I'm saying? Were you in a battle in Wakanda? Like a scar is like a dope, like, because you can create your own narrative. You can make some shit up if you want to. Oh, man, it's crazy, man. I was getting chased by some uh, some gangsters, man. They were shooting at me. One of the bullets grazed my forehead. And I'm like, for real? Yeah, man, it's real out here. You never know what's going to happen when you go to Walmart. So I feel like, you know, scars tell a dope story. And I'll never forget when I got hit in the face with a car wash spray gun. Right in the face, so it was a scar from here down to here. And I was just like, man, this scar is going to be so dope. I was excited. You know, of course, I didn't want the scar, but if I had to have a scar, it was just like, well, this is what it is, because that scar was was big. 
but I didn't have to have stitches or anything like that. So I was like, yeah. And then this happened around the time I was pledging for Phi Beta Sigma. So that was my name online was Scarface. So I was like, yeah, man, I got this dope scar that's going to come around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was going to be like uh, Michael K. Williams. You know, he's got that scar on his face. And so that scar on his face, and we see Michael K. Williams and stuff like The Wire and Boardwalk Empire, it just fits the character even more because it's a real scar. So now you got that mystery, like, man, where'd the scar come from? My scar healed up completely. My scar healed up completely. Man, I was like, man, what kind of healing factor is this? Why was I pissed at the complete heal? I should have been like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the complete heal. But I was mad. I was like, yo, man, I want the full scar. I was Scarface online. Now I'm not Scarface. Now I lost my line name. Because I came in as Scarface. Now it don't even make sense. I'm Dimples now. I'm Dimples on the line. That's not as gritty as Scarface. You know, you Dimples over here. Now, now, now I'm soft in the community. My bad, Sabrina. I didn't know how long your meeting was going to be, so I just started early. Oh, she in the in the headphones? All right, let me get up in there. My bad, Sabrina. I didn't know how long the meeting was going to last, so I just started. Because I didn't want to be waiting for you, and then you still on the meeting, and, and it's like 2 o'clock, so I just, I just pulled the trigger. I just me? pulled the trigger. So... Sabrina, Wait, our producer me? extraordinaire, will be joining us remotely. Is she here now? Hello? Yo, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I hear you. Oh. Yeah, what room you in? Here. I'm in the, the content room. Oh, okay. The only room I have a computer in. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. so echoey in the back. Oh. It's not like a problem, but it's just like. Yeah, it's it's uh it's pretty empty in this room. I was thinking about that the other day when I was streaming because mm-hmm. I would listen back to it and I'm like, it's pretty. I need to put stuff on the wall. Yeah, because it sounds pretty whatever. Um, here, hi. The meeting went good. Now? It was a good meeting. It was good. It was good. It was good. Okay. Uh, things okay. are looking up. Okay. Okay. I want to jinx it. Things are trash. On the up and up. Yeah, things is whack, man. Forget <laughs> the meetings, man. The meetings is trash, man. Meetings always been trash. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I like that shirt. Yeah, Wolverine, man. Shout out to Wolverine, man. You know Speaking what I'm saying? Speaking of scar healing. Shout out to Wolverine, man. He's always getting scarred up. Healing factor. I saw this shirt in uh, Cleveland. We went to this spot in the hood, and I was like, yo, that shirt is fire. I got some Jordans I can wear with it if I want to. I got I got on slides today, but if I'm out in the streets. Um, this is my favorite look of Wolverine when he had the yellow and blue and black costume. Uh, this is my favorite Wolverine look. Um, Wolverine is one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. Speaking of comic books, I wanna I wanna touch on this. So I saw a post earlier today. I don't know how true it is. And it said, I didn't, I didn't look further, but I got kind of excited. So, uh, so Blade, apparently we know that Blade, the movie Blade, the upcoming Blade lost its director. And so I saw a post that said Marvel's Blade hires Lovecraft country director and shift to darker and grittier take on MCU. So I got excited for a number of reasons. One, 
I'm a fan of Lovecraft Country. Like, I really enjoyed that HBO series. I'm mad that it's not coming back for more. Um, I thought it was, uh, I thought the performances were outstanding. I thought the premise of the show was great. Um, just, just that it was like this mixed bag of just all kind of shit in that show. Sci-fi, horror, social commentary. Um, it, it was historical, you know, accurate events mixed into, it was just, it was, it was a show I didn't know I wanted. And I was just like, yo, this is fire. And uh, I'm pissed it's not coming back. Shout out to the whole cast, the ensemble, those scary-ass twins in that episode. Um, so I'm pissed. But one of the directors from the show is like, oh, okay, so which episode did they direct? Who are we talking about? Because there are some images in Lovecraft Country that stuck with me. Namely, those twins, Bobsy and Mopsy, or whatever their name were, and the episode where they were staying in that haunted hotel or whatever where they were doing experiments on the on the black people in the in the cellar of this building because i remember that one image where she woke up and at the foot of her bed was just like this horrible looking face i was just like yo what the hell is going on here so i'm hoping it's that director whoever directed that episode right there those images stuck with me um when they said darker and grittier take on the MCU, I'm praying and hoping, I'm hoping and praying, praying and hoping, hoping and praying that they make Blade rated R. I need a rated R Blade. I don't want no PG-13 vampire shit. This ain't Twilight, man. We need it to be gritty. It's vampires, man. It's, it's going to be bloody. It's going to be bloody. A lot of the a lot of the reasons for movies to get a, a, a R rating is the amount of bloodshed in a movie. That's why when you see certain movies that want to keep the PG thirteen rating, they don't really show bloodshed because if it gets too bloody and graphic, they'd be like, "Ah, oh, we got to hit you with the rated R." Even though I argue that I feel like the Matrix shouldn't have been rated R. I feel like The Matrix shouldn't have been rated R, even though it was. It, it's a violent movie, but I feel like I've seen grittier fight scenes in other PG-13 movies than I did in The Matrix. Like, you know, the hits in The Matrix and the stuff like that didn't really look hard hitting or real visceral. It was just well choreographed, but it wasn't like... But But people were getting shot up. People were getting shot with guns, so I get it. But they weren't real people. They were just constructs of the Matrix. But I get it. Anyway, Blade, I feel like it's going to be bloody, man. These are vampires we're dealing with. You're going to get your neck grabbed. You're going to get your blood sucked. You might get ripped in half. These are vampires. It's gritty. Blade, Blade has to kill these vampires with extreme prejudice. You can't do that on the PG-13 rating, man. Give us the rated R fight for that R rating. Don't be scared of the box office. Don't worry about that. Give us the rated R, man. Be authentic. Deadpool was rated R and made mad money. Logan was rated R and made mad money. Come on, y'all. Stop being scared of the R rating. Give us the R rated blade. Don't be soft, Marvel. And I know Disney bought y'all, but come on, man. We want the grit. We want this. Trust me. Because if you go in there soft, 
the box office is going to fade out. Trust me on this one, man. Sick of it, man. So I hope, I hope with this announcement, I hope it's accurate, and I hope that they really fight for an R rating, man. I do not want no soft-ass Blade movie. Please. Please. Marvel, Disney, if you, if you watch Verbal Cardio, as a as a as a company as a collective if marvel and disney if you're watching my little podcast listen to us man and it's not just me i'm speaking for the people i speak for the people we want the rated r blade this is what we want give it to us man stop playing around man we grown man we grown we know how to handle shit show us everything take it there it's vampires man we expect grittiness we expect bloodshed. We expect this, man. Please, don't do us like this. I also want to touch on something that I just posted that's getting a lot of traction, right? So, first of all, I want to say this. There's a couple of things that I posted that I want to touch on. Sinbad, the comedian Sinbad, uh, as you may or may not know, had a stroke a couple years ago. Um... So I've always been, he's he's been on my mind for quite some time. Just, you know, I'll, I'll be checking in on him, you know, when I touch base with people that know him and I'm just like, yo, how's Sinbad doing? You know, thinking about, I reached out to like one of his kids and I was just like, yo, how's your dad doing and all that good stuff. And from his page, they sent like an update on his status and I'm going to read it to you. Um... On October 25th, 2020, Sinbad suffered an uh, ischemic stroke. I don't know if I said that right, so forgive me if I said it wrong. As a result of a blood clot that traveled from his heart to his brain. He was rushed into surgery at West Seals Medical Center that night where the doctors performed a a thrombectomy to remove the clot and restore normal blood flow to the brain. After surgery, Sinbad was talking and moving with some weakness, but the prognosis was very promising. The next day, however, another blood clot formed half the size of the first. He underwent the same surgery again successfully, but it took a little more from him than the first surgery. He was transferred to Cedar sinai Medical Center in Los Angeles, where the doctors indicated that his brain had begun to swell. They performed a craniotomy to relieve the pressure and reduce the swelling. During surgery, however, the doctors discovered a bleed. It was hours before the family learned Sinbad had returned to the neuro ICU in a medically induced coma and placed on a ventilator. Our, our hearts are devastated. The road to recovery became unclear and extremely difficult for the family to navigate. It would be weeks before he would open his eyes, speak, and show signs of basic mobility. It wasn't long before we realized he couldn't move his left side or simply hold his head up. The more time passed, the more the family learned how much had been lost. For the next several months, Sinbad moved through acute care facilities where he was weaned off the ventilator and eventually cleared to start intense therapy. In May of 2021, he was admitted to California Rehabilitation Institute and began physical, uh, occupational, and speech therapy. It was there Sinbad started to make considerable progress towards recovery. On July 7, 2021, 99 months after the initial stroke, Sinbad finally came home. He continues to receive therapy, fighting for every inch. His progress is nothing short of remarkable. 
limbs that were said to be dead are coming alive and he's taking the steps necessary to learn to walk again. In his own words, I am not done. I will not stop fighting until I can walk across the stage again. And neither will we. Survival odds from this type of event are are approximately 30%. Sinbad has already beaten the odds and has made significant progress beyond what anyone expected. But there are still miles to go. Two years have passed since the initial event. The costs of therapy far exceed what insurance covers, and it has taken its toll on the family financially. Many of you have asked what you can do to support us. We created this site as an avenue for those who would like to lend their support and contribute in some way. All gifts will go to the Adkins Trust to help uh, provide for Sinbad's care and help him continue to fight this battle. The family believes, without exception, Sinbad is here because of the multitude of prayers from all who know and love him. We are eternally grateful. Every outpouring of love and the memories of how he has touched all of you have not gone unheard, unseen, or unfelt. Thank you. You have lifted his spirits along the way and inspired the entire family. So you can gift a donation. Um, I retweeted... I retweeted this post on Twitter. Um, I didn't put the link in my Instagram. I got to do that uh, later on today. But whatever you can pitch in uh, will be greatly appreciated. I'm pitching in um, part of what you guys pitched into me um, along with my own thing. Like when when Serene passed, y'all really showed up and helped us out tremendously um, on the financial side. So I do the same. I would I like to do the same anyway, but a part of that, which y'all pour into me, I like to pour into others. So I'm definitely putting in on this uh the Sinbad recovery thing. And I'm always rooting for him. He's one of my favorite comedians ever. He's one of my comedic inspirations. Um he has brought me and my family so much joy. He was a stand-up co- he is a stand-up comedian that we could watch as a whole family together. My mom didn't like all that cussing, but we can sit and watch a Sinbad comedy special together and not have to cringe and, you know, get tight because my mom don't like all the cussing. So Sinbad is very much a part of our lives when it comes to, like, laughs and good times. So I love Sinbad, and I'm, uh, I'm rooting for his recovery and all that. So get what you can. Give what you can. They didn't ask me to say any of this. This is all me doing it on the strength of, you know, love and support for one of my favorite comedians. So I wanted to share that. Yo, you remember when uh, we went live with Sinbad? Yes, I do. That was a good time. Still on I, my phone. <laughs> you didn't expect it. Oh, You're I did like, not. You were like, oh, oh, Sinbad. <laughs> I did not expect that. I was like, yo. And I met Sinbad on the set of Rail when I taped for Rail, um, and I met him there. But I, I was just trying to be, you know, professional since I was there to work. So right. I didn't want to ambush him with fandom. But I was just like, "Yo, man, I'm working with Sinbad." You know what I'm talking about? Right. Um, but hell yeah, that was that was crazy. That live was like, all right, for those who don't know, the story is that Sinbad was going live with people during the pandemic. So I was like, "All right, let me take my chance," and if he if he allows me to join, I'm going to run up on Tony. Mm-hmm. And so he he added me to the live 
And I was like, oh, my boyfriend loves you. Yeah. And so I said, hold on. And I ran up on you. And you was you you it's so funny because I I screen recorded the whole thing and you can see it in your face that you're like, oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> so I was bad. not ready for that. It was mad cute. Dang. Yeah, I was vibing. That was a moment right there. Thank you, Afro, for pinning the uh the link in the uh the link is in the chat on my uh live chat right now. The link is up here. Also, um I'll try to put the link in the uh the when we post this on YouTube on Thursday. Uh remind me to put the link in the uh info for the episode of Verbal Cardio. And I'll repost the link on Twitter today and my Facebook. And I'll put it in my stories as well on the Instagrams. Um on a on a more volatile note. Um so I posted the link from Verbal Cardio last week. And usually my 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 clips from Verbal Cardio, they do they do all right numbers, all right? So I posted the the clip about the gay agenda and procreation. Mad discussion in the comments section, mad views, mad likes or whatever. And people in there really talking. It's one of the most viewed clips I've done for Verbal Cardio. And here's the thing. You know, I, w- I want to respond to some of these comments, and I want to, I want to, I want to say certain things here. Um, never in your life think that I speak in support of the gay community because I'm worried about Hollywood and I'm trying to get in good with Hollywood and this, this, that, and the third. Let me tell you something with my own mouth, so you can hear and understand me clearly. I don't give a shit about Hollywood when it comes to that. Let me say that again, because people always sit up here and think, oh, Tony's just trying to even turn Hollywood. This is who I am as a person, Hollywood or not. I have gay friends. How can you have gay friends and not support the gay community? I don't understand how that, that, I don't see how you you can call yourself a friend of someone and then not support the community. It just doesn't work like that. Like I have gay friends that I love and care for. Part of that is riding for them. And if you're not riding for them, are you really a friend? Are you really a loving family member? If you can sit here and say, yeah, you know, I don't support what, how you live in your life. So I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going, I'm not going to ride for you because that, that just doesn't, the math doesn't add up for me like that. I couldn't sit I couldn't sit up here and call myself your friend if I'm not really riding for you and supporting you on on, on stuff like this. You know, I, I I know gay people, I'm friends with gay people, I work with gay people, so it's like I care about what they care about. You know, that's part of it. That's part of that's part of being a friend. That's part of being a loved one. You can't just ride when everything is going good, then vanish when everything is going bad. When the fight is on, you're gonna turn your back. Is that what we doing out here? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So when I speak up on that behalf, it's it's never because I'm seeking validation from Hollywood. I don't give a shit. Y'all should know by now, I'm not in Hollywood now. Like, yeah, I do a movie here and there and I've done TV and it's just like, but you see that I'm not chasing Hollywood. They're not checking for me all the time. Yeah, I'll book something every now and then, but I realize that you know, I can't chase Hollywood. 
I found something in stand-up comedy that allows me to control my own destiny. That's a big part of why I work so hard at stand-up comedy. Sure, I would love to be a movie star and a TV star, but I don't have control in a lot of that. I'm at the mercy of production companies and, and casting directors and producers and directors. I'm at the mercy of so many people. When you see actors and actresses and people with TV shows and movies and they booking roles, it's so many people involved in that. There's so many people saying yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Uh, we don't like this person for the role. When you see the same actors, just know that it's a lot of people rooting for them and, and, and pushing for them and like, yo, it's not always based on talent. And so I can't, I can't lean on that to make a living, to, to live my life at the mercy of people vouching for me. There, there's one incident where this director wanted me in this movie. He was like, yo, I want you in this movie. And he was like, I'm going to fight for you to get in this movie. But they were like, now nah, we're going with a more established name. It was out of my control. It was out of the director's control. So why would I sit here and base my life and my opinions and my thoughts on something I have no control over? Even with a name. I don't have a boss. I don't have, my boss is honestly the people, y'all. Y'all are my bosses. And it's not just one particular boss, it's several bosses. So when you see me speak on behalf of support of the gay community or I'm speaking on black issues of, of race and injustice, when I when I get fired up and I'm just pissed off and I'm just like, man, fuck that. You know, this, this, that, and the turn. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of black people getting killed by the police and ain't nothing happening. When I go off on those tangents, I'm pissing off some of my bosses. I'm pissing them off. Like, you're not who we... You're not who we thought you were. I didn't come here for that. Stick to jokes. I'm pissing off potential bosses, fans. Now they won't buy a ticket to my show. Now they won't follow me anymore. Now I won't get booked for shows because of my stance on social injustice and racism and all that. Ah, it's kind of problematic. We, we won't have you for this particular show. I've done that. I've sat here and lost out on money because I'm standing on integrity. And even when I show support for the gay community, it's the same thing. It's the same mindset. Some of y'all are so against the gay community, you'll unfollow me. You won't come to my show anymore. So I'm always willing to risk losing out on bosses, if you will, on something I believe in, something I want to stand on. So don't ever in your life think that I'm sitting here catering to Hollywood or I'm pandering. This is who I am. You know, and just because you don't agree with what I'm on, that's on you. Then, then we just disagree. But do I have to lose you as a fan? That's on you, too. You know, if you, if me getting pissed off that, you know, racism sucks in America. If me saying that and believing that pisses you off to where you want to unfollow and no longer support me, then I didn't want you anyway. So I'm I'm reading the comments and I'm looking at the comments and y'all are just, no, the gay agenda is not about procreation. It's about them, you know, shoving it in people's faces and forcing it upon us. 
That's the dumbest argument of all time. The gay agenda argument that they were making in this comment section that is forced on the kids. Now you're worried about the kids? Now you're worried about kids and what they're seeing. You need to keep that same energy when you're watching reality shows and they sitting here, these women are sitting here fighting over men that dog them out. When they're throwing drinks in each other's faces at restaurants, fighting over a man that's dogging them out. What is that image? What is that image doing to the youth? Because the kids are damn sure watching these reality shows. Keep that same energy for that. Keep that same energy for the oversexualization of women by men in movies in the 70s and 80s and 90s. You know how many movies I saw? Revenge of the Nerds, these cats set up cameras so they can see damn near all the girls on campus butt-ass naked. That's the premise of the movie, the revenge of the nerds. They were seeing women butt-ass naked without the women knowing about it. And that was a box office hit. Let's cut the shit, man. Y'all are worried because Disney has a same-sex couple loving one another? That was the big hoopla over Buzz Lightyear? Because she had a girlfriend, a wife? You're worried about that? That's what's pissing you off? The shit, it just don't make sense to me. Women have been over-sexualized my whole upbringing. The stuff I was watching in the 80s, ridiculous. Porkies, Revenge of the Nerds. You know, we all about getting it, losing it. That's the name of the movie, losing your virginity. Smashing mad women, all these HBO original series, graphic sex. People in brothels, people getting sexualized. But oh, oh. Oh, God forbid, that's a gay couple. God forbid it's gay sex. Now you're on the horn. Keep the same energy. If you're going to be a tight-ass conservative where you just, I don't want to see sex on TV, all right, all right, well, you can have that. You don't like nothing. But these people out here picking and choosing when to be offended, when to be worried about the kids, that shit ain't matching up. And I see y'all in the comments section. It's just because you have a personal vendetta with homosexuality. That's all it is. Stop covering it up under this other shit. Yes, you see a lot of gay relationships and stuff now because for so long they have been pushed away, pushed aside, shoved in the closet, shamed. They tired of it now. You know how many gay people work in Hollywood that create TV shows that that they're creatives. And so they're tired of being shoved into the darkness, hiding who they are. And being scared to show like, oh, oh, a homosexual relationship. They exist. And they have always been. And I know I talk about this a lot on this podcast, but it's just like it's annoying to see. And it's annoying to to read some of the things that y'all say. And then you mask it under something else when you're not just being totally honest about what your real problem is. You worried about the kids all of a sudden. Let me tell you how I learned about sex. I learned about sex in first grade. For my peers. Y'all are worried about, oh, they, they want to teach sex education to the kids. The kids need to know about sex. They do. They got to learn sooner or later. I'd rather them learn in the classroom with education than to learn it from the peers because the peers is going to give them the horse shit. First grade, I walk into the bathroom. Dude is in there. You have a Papa Girl Cherry? You have a pop of girl, Cherry. I learned about this 
from another first grader in the bathroom. That's not how I should be learning about this. I thought it was a real cherry in there. I'm like, yo, they got cherries in there? I'm thinking it's like a cherry pie from McDonald's in there. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. That's not how children should be learning about it. Would you rather would you rather your kids learn about sex in an education environment, in a group setting of education and learning, or would you rather them learn about sex in a restroom in elementary school from another kid? First grade, true story, no exaggeration. I learned about popping a girl's cherry from a fellow first grader. So now I'm at the mercy of learning about sex from kids that don't even know about sex themselves. What's more beneficial? You could, you could be like, yo, don't, don't, don't talk to the kids about sex at all until they reach a certain age. When I finally had a health class, I was deep in high school. When I finally saw childbirth, graphic childbirth, and that was way too late. So it's just like, yo, keep the same energy all across the board and let, let these children get educated because they're going to learn about sex one way or another. And I would rather it be in a classroom. I remember I learned about, I didn't learn about it, but masturbation, right? I remember my oldest brother was like, nah, man, I don't do that, man. That's disgusting. So now I'm thinking, and I've already, I've already dabbled in masturbation. So now I feel like I'm disgusting because I didn't get like an education class to know that it's normal. It happens a lot. You know, it's all like, oh, well, shit. All right. They say it's normal if you don't do it. And it's normal if you do do it. That made me feel better as a person. I didn't feel hideous all of a sudden. So it was just like learning about things in the classroom can be beneficial to children, man. We, we got to stop shielding. Yes, we want our kids to be kids as long as they can. But guess what, man? A lot of, a lot of people are going to try to steal your child's childhood. Even other children will try to steal that. So that kid in that restroom was like, oh, you have a pop of girl's cherry? And I'm lying, too. I'm like, yeah, man, I do it all the time, man. You don't know her. I don't know what the hell he was talking about. But I didn't want to be the odd man out. And so, you know, I'm just reading these comments and just like, and, and people were saying like, you know, I was like 8 billion people. There's too many people on the planet. You know, we don't have the space. And when I say space, I mean resources. We definitely got the the real estate, but resources is what I'm talking about. People in there arguing like, yo, you know what I'm saying? We do have the resources. Explain how we have the resources to adequately feed, clothe, and live with 8 billion people where, where everybody's living well. We don't even have that now. We don't even have that now. So we're overcrowding everything. America's not overcrowded, but these other countries, guess what? The world is more than just the United States. And you got people piled up and living in these conditions. These babies, these, these young children that don't know what's going on, they don't even have running water. Yet and still, we, yeah, we, we, we got the resources, we got the space. Well, then show us how we can adequately use all the space and resources to where everybody's living comfortably, everybody's healthy, happy, and have all the things that they need to survive. 
Tell me why so many people don't have access to this. But but we got all the we got all the space. Y'all ain't making sense in the comment section. But don't ever don't ever in your life come for me and talk about oh 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 Tony's just trying to do this for Hollywood. I don't need Hollywood. I'm living comfortably in life based on stand up comedy. If Hollywood never never discovers me, I'll be all right. So don't ever think I'm sitting up in here trying to cater to Hollywood, trying not to piss people off. Hell no, man. Y'all should know me better than that. And the people that say that, you don't even know me. Because clearly you wouldn't even come, come at me like that. So I just wanted to get that off my nipples real quick. And um, Tony said, don't ever disrespect me coming at me like a homophobic tight ass. Right, man. <laughs> Yo, don't ever disrespect me coming over here with... Yo, one thing I will say about the gay agenda and... If they see it on TV, they'll be gay. <laughs> what about all them straight couples and all these gay adults now? What the hell happened? The straight agenda failed, if that's the case. Right. <laughs> the straight agenda how long, has failed. How long has straight been shoved in our faces? Yeah, and the, there's the a lot of non-straight charming, people. The man saving the girl from the family. Everything is shoved in our faces. But gay people have been here the whole time. The whole time. They out here, man. I say this all the time. It's just now they're like, we're not hiding no more. And y'all can't handle it. Your child seeing a gay couple will not be like, oh, I'm gay now because I've seen this couple right here. <laughs> That's not how it works. At all. Y'all just like, as soon as they see it, they're going to do it. No, it's not how stuff works. So I'll just be like, man, just, just be real with yourself and, and tell us your real reason why you have beef. Also, like, how soft are you that peer pressure doesn't even have to be direct for you to just automatically do something? Like, if you think everyone's that weak, like, oh, they're doing it. I'm going to do it, too. Like, that's not that's definitely not how shit works. You know what I mean? That's silly. I don't like it. Uh, I do want to send my condolences uh, to the people, the five people who were shot and killed in Colorado mm. uh, this weekend mm -hmm. at the gay club. Uh, I think there was 19 injured. Five have passed. Um, that's sad. And apparently the shooter, uh, allegedly, allegedly, I don't know if, you know, this is what I've been reading. I literally just looked at this article uh, apparently he was a Christian trying to do right, um, which is another silly thing to hide behind is religion. You don't right. you don't do that. You're right. not you're not representing the religion. And you're giving the religion a bad name. Facts. When you when you when you when you judge people and you condemn them, you're giving the religion a bad name. You know, you can't be like God is love and then be like, well, he, he don't love you. Like, what, what are you what are you doing? What are you doing? You, you're giving the religion a bad name. Right. And I also want to say this, too, about and to you ultra-woke people in the comments section when it comes to race. Y'all, it's honestly, it's easy for you to be super ultra-unapologetically woke in the comments section. Hmm. The anonymity that you're hiding under. Yeah, you could be extra-woke. 
when a celebrity is apologetic, y'all like, man, see, see, they done folded under the pressure. What do you what do you have to lose when you're in the comment section, extra woke? What are you at risk of losing in the comment section? What are you at risk of losing? You gonna lose your job? No, y'all talking all that woke shit in the comment section, going right to work, working under your manager or your supervisor. Because nobody is seeing what you're saying in the comment section. It's different when you got shit to lose. It's easy to be super woke in the comment section. Easy work. You can talk all the shit you want. Pro black, I'm pro black. I would never do this, this, that, and the third as you going into work. Nobody knew what you said. So it's easy for y'all to just be like, oh, it's unfolded under the pressure. You got millions on the line by what you're saying? What you got on the line? What have you sacrificed? What are you willing to sacrifice? What job are you willing to lose to stand in your wokeness? If you want to be super militant and 100% all the time, what are you risking? You know? I'm tired of y'all. I just be watching, man. I just be like, look at you. Look at you. Just extra woke, huh? No apologies, huh? Ever. What are you at risk of losing? Comment section is easy work. Your face ain't out there. Some of y'all ain't even got your face on your profile. You got a random picture of whatever. You got a picture of a Ford Focus as your profile pic. You got that empty blank silhouette talking all the shit in the world. How you ultra woke. What are you at risk of losing by standing on yours? These celebrities out here, they put it all at risk. And that's a lot of pressure that comes with that. When you do have a platform, the pressure's on. The pressure's on. And a lot of y'all would crack under pressure. Yeah, a lot of y'all would crack under less pressure than that. So I just wanted to throw y'all on the grill for being extra woke. And I, yeah, 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 man. You know, I ain't apologizing for nothing. Well, what do you got to lose? Show, show us your resume of you losing shit by standing on what you believe in. Show us that resume. What does your resume look like? I've lost money by standing on the shit I believe in. I've lost out on gigs and opportunities because of what I believed in. And I'm willing to do it again. Because I don't ever want to be put in a situation where I feel like I have to silence myself because I'm scared of losing money. I make a conscious effort to live that way to where I ain't got to be like, well, I'm going to just stay quiet because I don't want to piss off the wrong people. And then, you know, I, I, lost it all. I lost a lucrative deal because, you know, they didn't want me talking about race. I don't ever want to be put in a box like that. And I always make sure just, when everything is quiet, I'll just say some shit. Man, racism is out here. It's alive and well. I'm sick of it. Just to let the new followers know where I stand. I'll do that on a whim. And you can't be too pro-black all the time. And you got to take you got to take some time off. To be black in America is to be in a constant state of rage. I forget who said that quote, but it's facts. It's always something happening. You always going to be upset. Always. So you got to make your own peace. You be like, you know what? 
let me choose let me choose peace real quick because this shit is pissing me off let me choose peace but some of y'all in the comments section you super woke 20 25 8 you never turn it off according to you anyway uh speaking of that stuff like that Kyrie is returning to the nets he apologized again um and I saw another thing. I was watching Shannon Sharp's uh, interview with Cedric the Entertainer. He posted some clips. And people was on Cedric for... Um, Cedric had mentioned that, you know, he's kind of mindful of what he says with his comedy. Because he was kind of talking about, like, Dave Chappelle or whatever. Cedric was like, I'm kind of mindful of what I say because I'm on CBS now, Right? He's on CBS. Here's an example of this. If you're on CBS, Cedric the Entertainer is the face of the show, The Neighborhood. He's the star of the show. So chances are, if he leaves the show, chances are the show is done. Within a TV show, you have writers, producers, uh, production assistants, PAs, camera people, catering people, makeup people, so many people are providing for themselves, putting food on their table because of Cedric and this show. Granted, they could probably they can probably get hired somewhere else, you know what I'm saying? But you want to work on a show that's going to give you some job security. You know, the more episodes they do, the more money you get as a as a cast and crew. So let's say Cedric goes off and he says some wild shit. Now he's done. Now the show is done. Now everybody's scrambling for the next gig. So Cedric is just like, yo, I have other people to consider before I just run my mouth and before I die on that hill or whatever or fall on that sword. For comedy, there are other people that are going to be affected by what I want to stand on. And so Cedric would, was uncomfortable doing that. And I respect that mindset. Because it's not just you anymore. You know, it's easy for Dave Chappelle to say whatever he wants to say because he doesn't have a TV show going right now. Dave Chappelle is rich, but he's moving in an independent space. Like he'll just do a show here, do a show there. He just does what he wants to do. He he's not under contract with, you know, CBS or whatever. He's doing he's got a Netflix deal, but that is contingent upon his own material. So when you're in these situations where you're working for a TV network or a movie production company and you got all these people working under you and then you say some wild shit and you want to stand on it, now everybody else has to look for jobs. And I, you know, I respect Cedric for being like, you know what, I just got to be more considerate as to what I'm be talking about and what I'm saying. I, I respect it because he's thinking about people outside of himself. The people who's in the comments say, see, this is what we're talking about right here. This is what we're talking about. Like I said, in the comments section, it's easy to be ultra woke 24 hours a day, 365. Whose job you got on the line in that comment section by what you say and what you believe in? And with Kyrie returning to the Nets, 
It's like, all right. Honestly, I think the, the Nets do better when he's not playing. And this is just this is just sports talk. This ain't even the social shit. I, I just feel oh, like shit. I just feel like the, the chemistry isn't really there with KD and Kyrie for some reason. I feel like they they lost a lot of games. And Kyrie and KD there. I feel like it's a I feel like they're doing a little better without Kyrie. You know, and that that, that says nothing on his skill set and his skill level. It's just team basketball, there's there's a synergy that has to be there. Not everybody can play together. You know? So um, he's returning. He apologized again. They're like, man, they always making us apologize. This, this, that, and the third. And I agree. Like, they gave him too much shit to do. But we, I talked about this last week. They gave him too much shit to do. But honestly, I just feel like KD and Kyrie don't mesh well on the court for some reason. Um. Oh, Janae Aiku and uh, Big Sean had their baby. Congrats to them. I'm sure the baby's going to be gorgeous. Um, Shout out to uh, Sean and Janae for that little blessing. You know what I'm talking about? You feel me? Um, That's dope. I like them as a couple, man. I like them as a duo. I think they work well together musically, too. I remember that project they did together. I was all in. I'm a big fan of Janae. I'm a big fan of Big Sean. Big Sean, I'm a fan of him lyrically, but I don't really rotate his albums in full like that. I usually kind of cherry pick and then dip off, but I feel like he's one of the best rappers out right now in terms of skill. Um, And Janae Aiko is one of my favorite artists right now. Like, I love her music. Um, I love her songwriting. She's one of my favorites. So whenever whenever Janae drops some shit, I'm like, yeah, man, let's get it, man. I'm excited. I listen to her a lot. She gets a lot of airplay in my rotation. Like her and SZA are like my favorite, uh, my favorite singers right now. Those two right there are my favorite. Like anything they do, I'm like, yeah, I'm pulling it, I'm checking it out. I like SZA's new song as well. Um, but I think that's dope that they just had a fresh baby. And Janae, I'm not sure if this is Big Sean's first child. I'm not sure. It is? It's his debut? Because I know uh, Janae has a daughter. Her daughter is probably like, what, teenager now? Uh, I think she just turned 12. Is she 12? Like 12? 11. Oh, 12 okay. Or something like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know the exact number, but something in that range. Something in that range. Yeah. This yeah. is Big Sean's first, though. This yeah. is Big Sean's debut. Yeah. Oh, that's dope, man. Congrats to Sean, man. In these parents, we're going to have to have them on daddy issues, man. Big Sean, if you're listening, if you even know who I am. Man. Uh, she's uh, 14. She's 14? Oh, she is 14. Oh, 14? Yeah. Okay. Miko Love Browner. That's Orion's daughter. Orion's daughter. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, man. Congrats to them, man. Um, Big Sean, man, come to daddy issues. We'd love to have you on the show. <laughs> That's a long shot, but. I really like Big Sean's uh, Drink Champs episode, too. Um, I thought it was dope. And I liked how Big Sean was able to stay on task verbally. Like, he would he would purposely, during the interview, say his piece without Nori throwing him off track. Because Nori is all over the place. He'll cut you off. 
he'll do all of that. But Big Sean was like, bro, listen, bro. He 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 would just stay stay on task. You gotta you gotta you gotta rein Nori in on Drink Champs. I want to be on Drink Champs, by the way. I'm manifesting it. Drink Champs and Hot Ones. I want to be on these shows. I'm putting it putting it out there. I'm manifesting it. It worked for the Breakfast Club. It worked for the People's Party. I'm putting it out there, man. It's power in it. So let's make it happen, y'all. I'm gonna post about it too, and y'all, y'all be helping me get stuff because y'all are my bosses. But I will piss my bosses off in a heartbeat. Don't get it confused. Like if y'all be mad at me for supporting the gay community and you one of my bosses, guess what? I quit. God damn it. If you one of my bosses and you want to be mad because I think racism is alive and well in America right now, and that pisses you off and you want to lose me, you want to just unfollow me and you don't want to come to my shows no more, well, I quit. God damn it. Shit. You ain't firing me. I quit. God damn it. Just to let you know. Um, Nick Cannon having more. God damn it, man. Nick Cannon is the reason we are $8 billion. He is single-handedly the reason we are at 8 billion people on the planet, man. 2.7 million of those are Nick Cannon's kids. I never would have thought. I never would have thought in a million years when I watched Drumline <laughs> that Nick Cannon was going to be out here like Genghis Khan with these kids. Nick Cannon is the new Genghis Khan, man. He is just out here having these kids. I never would have thought when I was watching Drumline and goddamn uh, Underclassmen and Love Don't Cost a Thing and Wilding Out. He wilding out, man. He wilding out, all right. Multiple kids. It looked like he having a good time. But man, that's a lot of kids. And he already had kids with Mariah. They already had kids. He came in the game with the kids already. Kids with a legend. Mariah's a whole legend out here. I don't know how many kids they got, but man. Two. They got two kids? Yeah. Two kids sound like child's play with Nick Cannon. God damn. I never would have like, thought. <laughs> he was like, let me add 10 more. Let me add 10 more to the mix. I'm sure Mariah looking at him like, God damn, what? Yeah, because I know them look because they're, they're older now. So yeah. they probably like, bro, we got a new sibling every month. <laughs> they can't keep up with the siblings right now. They probably, I don't even know if they would ever meet. If we rolled up on Nick Cannon's kids with Mariah, his oldest children, and asked him to name all the siblings, they probably wouldn't even be able to name drop. They probably Oh, nah, because there's a new one every minute. Man, it's impossible. What's your, what's your, what's your new baby sister name? Ah, get, ah. <laughs> Which one? Right. I, they, well, we got, we got, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what their names are, but. It's mad kids. Mad raw smash. Boy. Um, so Larsa Pippen. Sabrina brought this to my attention that Larsa Pippen was dating uh what's his name? Craig Jordan? Marcus Jordan. <laughs> Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son. So Scotty Pippen's ex-wife was dating Michael Jordan's son. So she brought that to my attention because I was like, who the hell are these people? And she was like, this is Scottie Pippen's ex-wife and Michael Jordan's son. So I was just like, all right. And so, but initially it was just like, yo, she used to babysit him, this, this, that, and the third. I was like, ew. But then 
when I looked into it, I was like, oh, he's 31 and she's 48. So I was like, oh, well. And then turns out that, you know, she got married to Scottie Pippen in 2007 or 8. Let me see. Well, no, oh, 19? Was it 1998? Yeah, because she'd been single for a while. She'd been in the streets for a minute. So she didn't even she didn't even meet this kid back then. So I was like, all right. Because when I looked at the age gap, the age gap was nothing, especially after we just sat up here and praised Cher for dating somebody 40 years younger than her. So 17 years ain't shit. So I was just like, oh. So she cleared her name, was like, yo, I never met that kid, you know. I wasn't babysitting him and this, this, that, and the third. Because initially it sounded like some Woody Allen shit was going on. But yeah, nah. it definitely sounded like that because Twitter was like, yo, she was watching this kid. Yeah. That they, she used to be at their house. So I was like, yo, that's crazy. If this is all true, this is crazy. And then she's like, nah, bro. They got married in uh, 1997. Yeah. 97, okay. The Bulls' last run together was 97-98 that season. But the thing is, Pippen and Jordan ain't even tight. They weren't even tight. So it'd be like, wait a minute. They weren't even close. So why why would they just be hanging out and babysitting each other's kids? It didn't even seem like Jordan and Pippen had that type of relationship anyway. So she cleared her name. She was like, hey, man, look, man. Let me clear my name. Y'all go back to share and leave me alone. And then when I looked at the age difference, I was like, oh, shit, he, he big grown. Because when they say Jordan's son, I was like, man, he must be five. I was just like, oh, he a whole 31 out here. Grown man. So there's that. Well, I'm sorry I ventilated and came in so hard on this episode, but it was just, you know, that was just on my mind. And I was just reading the comment section. And I was just like, man, y'all just, y'all really got a vendetta. After all the, after all the straight sex that has been shoved down our throats, from TV shows to movies to everything, now you worried about the goddamn kids and what they see. Get the fuck up <laughs> out of here. Shut y'all asses up. You're inconsistent. And the way I learned about sex, man, that shit was not in a healthy environment in terms of I'm learning from my peers. And that that's, that's who's going to have you toe up in these streets. Teach these kids about it. They're going to learn sooner or later. Let them learn in a controlled group environment. Because the alternative is that restroom. And that shit going to be trash. Big trash. Um, I think that's it, man. We could do a short episode today. It's the holidays. We got uh, Thanksgiving coming up. Um, you know, I I don't support the origin of Thanksgiving. Mm-mm. Uh, I don't support it at all. You know, I'm with the indigenous people, but um, I just hate the origin of it because it's a lie. But I know people are going to be getting together and traveling and breaking bread and, you know, excuse me, families are going to be coming together. So um, just know that Thanksgiving is a lie. It's a goddamn sham. And uh, 
Yeah, man. Whatever you're doing, if you don't celebrate it, I respect it. If families are getting together, just, you know, love on one another, hold each other tight, squeeze each other's butt cheeks. And, uh, you know, really just hold each other. Because you never know, man. Life is short. So so cherish these moments that you have together with your loved ones and, you know, get-togethers and whatever. And don't go too crazy on the food. You know what I mean? Yo, you know how mad I would be if I got invited to a feast and the feast was good and everything was so delicious and it was just a good time. And then, oh man, oh, these guys are fucking swell. I like these individuals. And the next day they get they give me disease and they kill off half of my family and say, fuck this. This is mine now. I'd be so mad. First of all, I still I'm still dealing with this full ass stomach from last night. And right. here you come waking me up. And they gave you a smallpox blanket. They gave a whole smallpox. Yeah, just diseased up now. Yep. Yep. When they lied to you. Frauds. (laughs) Uh, Let me ask you some questions real quick before I get out of here. I didn't want to neglect y'all. That sizzle asks, pumpkin or sweet potato pie? Clip this. Got it. Sweet potato pie for your boy. Now, mind you, pumpkin pie is good, but there's a slight difference on the taste. I prefer the sweet potato pie myself. I don't knock people for liking the pumpkin. Initially, I thought pumpkin pie, I thought all of it was pumpkin pie. I thought sweet potato pie was pumpkin pie. I just thought it was all the same. But I noticed a difference when I got older. But I prefer the sweet potato pie. And it has nothing to do with blackness. Has nothing to do with me being black. It was just about what was prepared at my family's house, which I guess was black household. So I guess it does have something to do with blackness because I was, you know, fed by blacks. But <laughs> I was fed by blacks. But I'm gonna go with the uh I'm gonna go with the sweet potato pie. But if you like the pumpkin, there's nothing, not that there's anything wrong with that. Live your life. I don't judge you, I don't condemn you. Pumpkin pie is a good time. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not pro pumpkin pie like Kev is. But I respect it. Uh, Eric Payne says, can you repost the Thanksgiving map post you did? The Thanksgiving map post? Uh, I'll find it. I, I got to look. So I guess I posted it last November. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what I posted. Kev don't know no better. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get some shit for this, but like, I like I like sweet potato pie. Mm-hmm. I actually really like it. But there's some pumpkin pies out there that are made exactly the same. That I'm just like I wouldn't I wouldn't know the difference except for the color. Well, I mean that's fair. Yeah, there's that's a lot fair. of there's a lot of pumpkin pies out there that I'm like, what's that's the fair. difference? That's fair. <laughs> I think I think we just have it so ingrained in our minds that it's you know sweet potato, yeah. And then, but uh, because even growing up in my house, I think we had both. And then flancocho, my mom, my mom when it came to desserts, you know my mother, yeah, she go crazy, right? She <laughs> we she always had know. coquito on deck every holiday. Coquito's been in my life forever, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. coquito was always there. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my like you know drinkable dessert. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, tembleque is another thing that we had. Tembleque is just like a like a flan almost Ooh. made out of it's made out of coconut though. So oh. it's pretty much imagine coquito uh-huh. in flan form. Oh, mad good, mm-hmm. mad easy to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally vegan. Oh. if it if you make it the like your, the traditional way. Oh, um, mad good. It's it's. Guys, look up them bleke and how you spell just, it now. You can't just tell them to look that up. Oh my up. bad. T E M B L E Q U E. Them bleke. Um, but it's good. Amir, what you got? Sweet potato or pumpkin? I don't really eat no pies like that. So oh, I'm a, I'm not a pie guy. Nah, Ooh. this guy right here, Slim <laughs> McGee. Oh no, it's just. I ain't really get into it when I was young, so I was like, whatever. Cobblers? I, I was the pickiest oh. eater. Okay. So still, I really ain't like went into it that much, yes. especially over the years, because I missed out on Thanksgiving a lot because I was in work, working in school and stuff. Uh huh. So yeah, I missed out on like at least five years straight of it. Oh damn! Between like, between like, I would say like twenty, twenty mm-hmm. to twenty. 20 to 20 something, 24, 25, something like that. So I missed out. Damn. On the yeah, burger, eat this. But I'm <laughs> I'm I'm getting better at it because diversifying. But my girlfriend be like vegan, vegetarian stuff. So Okay. But back in the day it was just the turkey, which was eh. Yeah. And I was like, well, turkey, well, can we get some chicken too? So there's a chicken and stuffing and mac and cheese. And I was like, yeah. yeah, then give me a roll on that joint. What's your favorite Thanksgiving staple? Be one. Whether it be a side dish maker or whatever, what's your favorite? You picking one item. What's number one? Hmm. Hard hitting questions. I want to say, I, I I mean, I'll probably say turkey, but turkey don't really hit like that. Yeah. On its own. Right. I'm if I'm I'm getting turkey, but I'm definitely putting some hot sauce on it for sure. Mm-hmm. Easily. You gotta put some on that turkey. Something hot sauce, bro. That, like I'm going with hot sauce for sure. Yeah. It would be that. It would be that, or um, maybe mac and cheese. But I'm real picky about the cheese that's put in there too. I feel that. Like I, I'm not a fan of like sharp, sharp cheddar cheese. Mm. A lot of people like it, but for me, it'd be like, uh, like is there something there? I'd be like, uh, no. yeah. Uh, sharp has a strong like it gets the back of your throat. Yeah. My mom, my mom's recipe. She would mix the sharp with the uh, the mild. So she would do sharp and mild just to give it an extra kick on the back end. She would get that Cracker Barrel. Um, she would get that Cracker Barrel sharp cheddar uh, cheese, and um, but she would mix it with the mild cheddar as well, mm. so it kind of offset the the sharpness. Yeah, my parents like they 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 rock with the sharp, and I'd be like every time I'd be like, "Yeah, mac and cheese." It's like, "Yeah," I was like, "I taste it." It's like it has sharp cheese. Like, come on, y'all. But yeah. mac and cheese for sure probably be second. Stuffing's good too. I'd be yeah. I'd be all in on that. That stuff and mac and cheese for me dressing a close second, and then sweet potatoes third. Um, Sabrina, what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite, like of all time, one dish. It could be anything, though, right? From the, from the Thanksgiving lineup. I honestly have to go with coquito. Okay, the beverage. Co- yeah, coquito always starts in Thanksgiving and then the ends beverage. New Year's. And it's just, it was always so good. Like, I used to, like, 
I used to sneak to the fridge to drink some of the non-alcoholic one because like they would always like limit how much you could drink because they just didn't want to make anymore. And I'm like, man, fuck that. I'm uh-huh. gonna drink more. <laughs> so that's the only thing I was sneaking off to like get some. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, Coquito it is. Yo, clip this. Oh my God. How many of you, and I'm asking you, the listeners, the viewers, my patron saints, how many of you had regular mashed potatoes every Thanksgiving? I did a couple times. I feel like it was more recent, though. Yeah. When I was growing up, I don't think that was a... And that was the other part. Like, a lot of the... Like, they were saying, like, pork was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I didn't... My family, like, immediate family didn't eat pork or beef. So when mm. they, they were like, oh, yeah, the greens, but they got pork in it. Like, right. pork fat or something. They'd be like, well, I can't eat that. Right. Because uh, when I did this map, I remember the map now. A lot of people was like, yeah, we do mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. I've never had mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. I feel like it was more so recent, weird. for sure. I've never had mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving because we already got sweet potatoes. We already got dressing. So, like, what is, what is the mashed potatoes doing here? I ain't mad at it. Throw it on my plate. I love mashed potatoes. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah. Don't let me let me make one thing incredibly clear. I love mashed potatoes. I love mashed potatoes. I just don't eat them because but I'll put my penis in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> Tough. I watch that. Unprotected. Mm-hmm. But for Thanksgiving, we just never had regular mashed potatoes for Thanksgiving. That's all I was saying. But people were like, nah, we be doing mashed potatoes for that. I ain't never, I've never. Regional stuff. <laughs> Never have I ever. Never have I ever <laughs> had mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? So I just wanted to throw that out there. And Sabrina sent me the post you were talking about. So I will repost that either today or tomorrow or Thursday. Thank you for uh, reminding me about that post. Oh, there's another. Oh, she sent me the other one, the Bob and the Turkey. Oh, hell oh, yeah. Talk to me nice, yo. Okay, I see what you're doing out here. You know what I'm saying? You My see? name is on this video, though. I gotta, I don't, I gotta find uh, the other there's, one. There's another one. I can find it. Yeah, I gotta one. find the one where my name is not on it. Not on it. But according, according to their post, up in Washington, they got mashed potatoes, Nevada, Cali, out there, Montana, uh, what state is that next to uh, Colorado? What's that? Nebraska? Is that the, no Wyoming, North Dakota, and Wisconsin? According to this, Wisconsin and Minnesota. See, this is horseshit. Illinois got the mashed potatoes. <laughs> this is horseshit. It got to be. It got to be like the the majority that. demographic or something like that. Man, it's they'd be like Illinois, but it's not like Chicago. No. If they did Chicago, there's no way. There's no way. We never had mashed potatoes. And I've had several uh, Chicago Thanksgivings. Yeah, mac and cheese all over the East East Coast. Mac and cheese is the, the reigning champ, I feel like. Mac and cheese is outstanding. That That's what makes me most excited about the whole thing is mac and cheese. That, that I, I used to love a good turkey sandwich like for days after, I would do the turkey sandwich with the uh, mayonnaise and sweet pickles. And I would do that mac and cheese and them sweet potatoes heated up. Oh. The only thing I like, the leftovers be cool, but damn. 
after a certain point, I'd be like, man, please. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, we going to all of this and be in the fridge. You open the fridge and be like, oh, well, yeah, it's man. like day day four, day five. You'd be like, bro, like, <laughs> can, <laughs> can we have something else, please? I can last for a good week. Like, I, I, a set, I can do a seven-day week of leftovers with no, with no issue. They be trying to be breakfast, lunch, dinner. I'd be like, no, bro, no. <laughs> Please, <laughs> I need a little diversity. I could That's do it. I can give you a good seven days of pure leftovers. I and feel like when, when my family, on. like the Caribbean, sorry, Tony. That's okay. Uh, uh, the, I feel like after like two days, my mom and my grandmother and my father uh-huh. couldn't just not cook anymore. They were yeah. crackheads when it came to cooking. <laughs> they had to cook. It's like, all right, enough leftovers. I'm cooking. Yeah. That's a great household to be in. Bro, I was spoiled. That's why I didn't like uh, fast food growing up. Because I was like, nah. Like, my mom be like, you want McDonald's? I'm like, nah, you, you could cook. Yeah. That <laughs> was her like, telling you, like, I don't feel like cooking tonight. I know. You I didn't like, know. I was a that. kid. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, us growing up, we was like, you got McDonald's money? Like, oh, man. man, here we go. Man. Give me home cooking all day. Man. Give me home cooking all day. When Sabrina be asking me, you want me to cook? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. Why are you asking? I'd be asking because I don't know. Because I'm also not sure. Now you have like a rhythm. You have a good rhythm right now with your cooking because you felt a little lost at one point, right? Yeah. You felt like your food wasn't hitting. Right. And I feel like now your food is hitting because you're cooking more. Yeah. So I, I don't want to get in the way of that with constantly cooking again. And then when you get back to the stove, you're like, fuck, what do I do? You know what I mean? Yeah. So like. I like I like letting you cook mm-hmm. because one you cook good like it tastes it tastes really good every time you give me a plate I'm like okay little hey. baby over here doing what he gotta do Thanks, and also like I just want you to stay comfortable yeah cooking mm-hmm. you feel me because I felt bad when you were like ah, none of my food like nothing tastes oh I lost like, all confidence in the kitchen man. I lost all the confidence in the kitchen. I mean, it's understandable because after you eat my food, you know what I mean? Everything right, else right, is man, relax, questionable. Man. Just take it easy. <laughs> You're scaring the kids. All right, y'all. Let me get out of here. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in to Verbal Cardio. Uh, spread the word. Share. Like. Post. Comment. Please comment. Comment, 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 comment. And I'm sure this episode will probably have a lot of people talking, especially when we clip this. You know what I'm saying? Especially when I was just going off. I apologize. But that was on my nipples. And I had to get it off. I, I have to get stuff off my nipples. I just have to do it. I can't just let it simmer in myself. Y'all going to feel it too. Um, next up, I'm doing a, about to do a new episode of Gross Point Bake. The top selling black artists in the U.S. Um, top selling music. Top selling black artists in the U.S. That's what's next on uh, Gross Point Bake. We're going to record that live right now. If you're listening to this Thursday, I dropped a new episode of Gross Point Bake, uh, the top grossing bad boy albums of all time. Be sure to check that out. And uh, I appreciate y'all, man. Shout out to Sabrina and Amir up in here with me. And uh, yeah, y'all, we out.